Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. Well, between today and tomorrow, many of you will open up and unwrap uh, gifts that uh, you gave to someone or someone gave to you. They had a thought uh, in mind. They had a purpose for it. There was, there was something that they looked and they thought, this is special. I think this person will really like that. Really excited. And so you're going to unwrap that gift. Can I tell you today that God has a gift for you? He thought about you. It was personal to you, his son, Jesus Christ coming. And so we've been talking about the gift of Jesus, and we've been looking at a prophecy in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was ever born, there was a prophecy that was given. And it was given in the middle of turmoil. It was given in the middle of a a time when enemies were advancing against the city of Jerusalem. And the the king at that time did not know what to do. And it was a time of of economic challenge. And it was a time where where spiritually the nation was in decline. and, And there was conflict. It was anything but a time of peace. But in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, this is what the prophet spoke as the Lord had spoken to the prophet Isaiah. This is what he declared. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, and Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. This is the gift that God prepared and has given to us. We've talked over the last several weeks about wonderful counselor, mighty God. Last week we looked into everlasting father. Today I want to talk about Jesus, our prince of peace. When we think of the title prince of peace, I couldn't help but notice that our culture kind of has uh, kind of an obsession with this idea of kingdoms and kings and princes and those kinds of things. I mean, there's a lot of different games if you open up the app store that are out there that have to do with kingdoms and, and, and building a kingdom. Games like Clash of Clans or Clash Royale. Does anybody play those games? All right, some of you are laughing. Or maybe you're into TV series like Game of Thrones or The Crown. Yeah, there's popular things that are out there. When we're growing up, we can't help but, but, but think of that magical kingdom down in Florida where uh, little boys are obsessed with being kings and they have their swords and they're defending their kingdom. Come on, somebody, right? We got to have some fun this morning, right? And you'll see that. Some of you unwrap the, your wrapping paper and you had the roll left over. How many know what your kids do with that, right? They're defending their kingdom, king of the hill. That's why Chardon, you all are the hilltoppers, right? Right? Or little girls obsessed with being princesses. I don't think this one will fit. I grabbed this from our honor star crowning. I'm so sorry I grabbed this, so I'll put it back, I promise. I'll put it back. We're, we're kind of obsessed with those kinds of things. I mean, just think of our culture's obsession with, with the, 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 the princes over there in, uh, in England with Queen Elizabeth uh, passing away this year. But when you think about Prince William, right, and marrying 
Catherine and Kate, right? Their wedding was huge and their family is followed around by the Pavarazzi. And then there's the other brother, right? <laughs> Prince Harry, who comes out with a book and, and he had married an American actress, right? I mean, we just get obsessed with this idea of kingdoms and princes and princesses and all of that. Well, when we're talking about today, we're talking about not just a prince, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And scripture calls him the prince of peace, the prince of peace. And this is what Isaiah 9, 7 continues with. Think about this, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. When we talk about Prince of Peace, we're talking about a kingdom that will never end, that he is the Prince of Peace in a kingdom where he will establish and uphold it, where there will be justice and righteousness forevermore. This is the kind of, this is the kind of kingdom that we're talking about. This is the kind of king that we're talking about. This is the Prince of Peace. But just like in the day when the prophecy was given, so on that Time in that season, at that moment when the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, was born, that time frame was anything but peaceful. I mean, think about it for a moment. Little teenage girl by the name of Mary finds out by an angel that she is going to be pregnant, even though she is a virgin, pregnant by the will and the power of God. Can you imagine how her world was suddenly turned upside down? She is engaged, pledged to be married to a man by the name of Joseph. Her future is in front of her, and now everything is turned upside down. And who is going to believe that story? Right? Think about it. Who's going to believe that story? The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Try explaining that to your parents. Try explaining that to your fiance. And in those days, it was a small town. And how many know that rumors start and rumors go in small towns? It wasn't even safe for her to be left in her small town, which is why when her husband, Joseph, uh, who, who was engaged to be married and they, they ended up getting married, why he didn't leave her with her parents in that small town. But rather, when he traveled to the census, to the town of his ancestors, the town of David in Bethlehem, he took her with him. That's not very peaceful at all. Do you think she received congratulations? I don't think so. In fact, when we take a look at that night, consider the journey. Mary, nine months pregnant, they travel across the country on a donkey. Nine months on a donkey. There's nothing peaceful about that, folks. They pull into town and all of a sudden she starts feeling the contractions. Hey, Joseph, we've got to find a place. This baby's coming. This baby's coming. We've got to find a place. So he goes from, from inn to inn, Motel 6 to something, a flea bag, whatever it is. And, and I'm sorry we're filled up. I'm sorry we have no reservation. I'm sorry there's no room for you. Until suddenly he comes to somebody that takes pity. Who says, you know what, I don't have any rooms, but I do have a stable. I have a barn out back. You're welcome to be back there. Anything but peaceful. Who wants to give birth in a stable with the smell of animal poop? I just said that to make the kids laugh. They're in here with us. Right? 
I mean, anything but peaceful in this time. And then when you talk about the, the baby is born and we love that heavenly night and the angels show up and the shepherds come and Mary's treasuring all these things in her heart. But those first couple of years were anything, anything but peaceful. When you think about it, there was a ruler at that time. He had his own kingdom. His name was Herod. He was, he was King Herod. And, and Herod was threatened when he found out as the Magi came and, and they said, there is a prophecy and, and we saw his star and, and the one who is to be born, the one who was prophesied about this child, this son whose government will be upon his shoulders, this king of, of Jerusalem and Judah, this king that will sit on David's throne. We saw, where is he? And they show up to the palace and Herod is threatened. And so what does Herod do? He's, 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 he's kind of like the Grinch, Right? I mean, think about the Grinch on Christmas. How many like watching the Grinch? Anybody like the Grinch? There's a few of you that like the Grinch. Well, I think in this story, I think Herod is like the Grinch. He tried to steal Christmas. He tried to steal Christmas. I mean, I found a little poem about the Magi and Herod. I thought it would be fun. It says this, all the kings in the east saw the bright star. And though they thought the journey quite far, they loaded their camels with gifts for the baby. And one of them said... Let's rest a while, maybe. Let's stop at the castle. We'll speak to the king. Maybe he'll come with us and more gifts he will bring. The king was cold and had dirt in his soul. But he listened to the men and their prophecies old. He was afraid of his kingdom, his wealth and position. He smiled in their faces, but feared their premonition. He said, come back to the palace when you found this new child. I'll worship him too. And then he just smiled. For Herod knew full well that what he was becoming, he'd be the king who stopped Jesus from coming. See, Herod had devised an evil plan. He wanted to stop this coming, this prophecy of this prince of peace, this, this coming. And he had all the baby boys to and under killed. But how many of you know that nothing can stop Jesus from coming? Nothing could stop Jesus from coming, right? No one in Isaiah's prophecy as the Prince of Peace, he was born at that time, not in a peaceful time, but a, a stressful time. The birth of the Savior and the events that surrounded that first Christmas over 2,000 years ago was stressful. What can we learn about our Prince of Peace right in the middle of the stress and the conflict and the uncertainty? God steps up and announces the message of peace. We read it earlier, Luke 2, 13 and 14, the angels appeared and suddenly a company, a great company of the heavenly hosts appear with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests prince of peace two Hebrew words in this title sar shalom sar shalom sar meaning the one who is in charge meaning the captain meaning the Lord meaning the chief meaning the general Romans took the word sar and they they added a little bit to it and they would put it in front of their rulers in front of their kings you might know it as Caesar 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 right it's like Julius Caesar or Caesar Augustus the one who is in charge the captain the chief the Lord well, we have this compound name that he is the, he is the Lord of peace. He is the Prince of peace. He is the captain of peace. He's in charge of peace. There's two benefits that come from his peace. First, Prince of peace brings us a personal wholeness. 
The Hebrew word shalom is a greeting oftentimes that, that you will hear between one and another. Shalom, shalom, it means rest, it means tranquility, it means wholeness, it means completeness. So if Jesus is the Sar shalom, what we're talking about is, is that he is the Lord of tranquility. He is the captain of rest. He's the chief of contentment. He is our Sar shalom. Sar shalom. And we can have peace. Maybe you're like this guy that I, that I read about. His name was Ted. And, and, uh, and he was traveling one Christmas to see family. And he was flying. And, you know, he got there. And he had his suitcases. And they were in baggage claim. And he was waiting at the baggage claim for his suitcases to come around the belt. How many of you love that belt? And there were people that were all standing around and they were all grabbing their luggage and he hadn't seen his. And then all of a sudden it came out and it's going around and, and, and just behind it was the luggage of a, an older gentleman, a little bit older than him. And, and he saw that the older gentleman was starting to make his way and he thought, you know what? I've got just enough time. I'm a little quicker. I'm going to beat him to the luggage. And so he worked his way around, he hurried up, and just as he was grabbing his luggage and bent down, he got a little bit dizzy because he has a bit of a heart condition, and he fell onto the belt where his luggage was, back behind him. He just fell right on it, holding onto his luggage. And that moment, he thought, what do I do as he started to go right underneath, you know, where those little, uh, those little, that little place where the luggage goes and you don't know where it goes? You know what I'm talking about? And here he is, and in his mind, this is what he's thinking. I've always wanted to do this. And then he thinks, I'm probably going to get arrested for doing this. And then he thinks, you know, this is probably not a good place to get off. And so he, he rides it all the way through, comes back around the other side just to look up and to see a not so happy um, woman who was standing there saying, you're not supposed to do that. And he says, have you ever done that? And she said, no. And he said, don't. It's not that much fun. And he jumped off and walked away. He said... Why would I share that? Because some of you feel like that's your life. You feel like your life is like riding on a carousel out of control and, and it's anything but peaceful. It's chaotic and it's anything but peaceful. But the concept of true peace, shalom, is a concept of wholeness and completeness. It, it's the idea that things should be as they ought to be. This sense that they ought to be a certain way. Peace is not just an absence of conflict, but it's the presence of something better in its place. Something that is better than any lack of conflict. That's what the word shalom means. In fact, often they would use this word for a perfect stone that, in, in which there was no cracks. A, a perfect wall with no gaps. A, a city that had such stones and walls could live in shalom. Could live in completeness. Could live in wholeness, protection, protection, security, and peace. No cracks, no gaps. You see, when something cracks in our life, when sin creates gaps in our lives, we, we are in need of shalom. Meaning to restore or make complete. But how many of you know that we cannot attain that state of peace on our own? That no matter how many cracks are in our life and no matter how much we might try to put pieces together, you and I cannot put the pieces of our life back together. Reminds me of Humpty Dumpty who fell off the wall, right? All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. Can I tell you something this morning, friends? Jesus, our Prince of Peace, can put your life back together. He can make you complete. He can make you whole. Why? Because he is the prince of peace. 
In fact, Paul put it this way in Romans 5.1, now that we have put right, now that we have been put right with God, now that we have been put right with God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Sin separates us. There's, there's cracks because of sin that separates us and keeps us from being able to have that relationship with our creator. God sent his son Jesus to provide that way so that our relationship with God might be restored. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself is our peace. Friends, if you need peace in your heart, if you need peace in your life, if your life is topsy-turvy, if there are cracks, if there are things that you just can't seem to get together, can I tell you something? God has given you a gift this Christmas. His name is Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And he can put your life back together again. He can put your life back together again. That's the gift of salvation. And that's what Christmas is truly all about. Second benefit, the Prince of Peace calms our troubled hearts. There are times even when we know Jesus that our hearts can be troubled. That's what happened to the disciples as, as Jesus was getting ready to, to go to the cross. He, they didn't know what was happening, but he pulled them together and he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. If throughout the Christmas story, you will see these words uttered over and over again by the angels. They will utter these words. Do not be afraid. Do do not be afraid. Friends, our Prince of Peace has come to bring peace to our troubled hearts. Our Prince of Peace has come to help govern our emotions that sometimes get out of control or when we feel overwhelmed. Earlier, I mentioned the story of Christmas and Jesus' birth was anything but peaceful. Yet Isaiah prophesied that he is the Prince of Peace. And it shows us that even when there is chaos, even when there are things that are happening that are out of our control, when we can't control our kingdom, there is a Prince of Peace who can calm our troubled hearts because he is on the throne. He is on the throne. He can make sense out of our stress. He can make meaning in our problems, but we have to lean into him. Paul gave these instructions. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. And if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Friends, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can help govern your thoughts as they run out of control. And the Prince of Peace can come and guard your heart when it, it seems overwhelmed and you can't seem to, to know what, what to do or, or where to go. But friends, I want to encourage you today that the Prince of Peace can govern your heart. He is the Prince of Peace. That's what Jesus is like. He is the Prince of Peace. Now, I've shared this illustration before. Some of you are new this morning. Welcome. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. And, uh, and, and so you may have never heard this, and maybe some of you didn't hear it the last time I shared it. So I'm going to share it anyway, specifically because um, the person I'm going to share about is here this morning uh, visiting with us. Now, I, 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 anybody that knows me knows that I am not, I am not good with, with, with home improvement type stuff. Okay? It's just not my gift. All right? 
Don't ask me, don't ask me to try to do those kinds of things. One of the things that scares me to death is trying to deal with electrical things. Anybody else scared of trying to deal with electrical things? I don't even know what to do. So it makes me nervous and I'm, I'm not quite sure because the last thing I want to do is get electrocuted. You know what I'm talking about? I don't have much hair to begin with, you know? I don't, I don't need to lose any more, uh, any of that. But my father-in-law, Steve, he's an electrician. In fact, he's a good electrician. And, uh, and, and so when I'm nervous and I don't know what to do, if I call my father-in-law and he walks me through what to do, I have peace in my heart because I, I know that there's someone I can call on that knows what to do. He gives me peace because he knows what to do. Turn this off. Make sure this breaker is off. Touch this wire. Don't touch that wire. Put these two together. Don't put those two together. He knows what to do. And because he knows what to do, it gives me peace when I don't have peace trying to work with things that are electrical. Friends, that's what God is for us. He is our Prince of Peace. When our hearts are troubled, when we don't know what to do, when we can't make sense out of life, we've got someone we can call on. And he can give peace to our troubled hearts. He gives peace to our troubled hearts. That's why his disciple Peter wrote this, cast all your anxiety or your cares on him because he cares for you. Our Prince of Peace cares for you. Worship team, will you come back up? If you need peace today in your heart, if you need peace today in your life, we have a gift. He is the gift of Jesus. He is our Prince of peace. He is our prince of peace. When Jesus was born, angels announced that the world, that, that the peace was coming to the entire world. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to whom God's favor rests. On whom God's favor rests. This is the message of Christmas. Jesus is the king who has come to bring us peace today. First, to bring us peace with God, and second, to provide to our hearts the peace of God. Friends, do you need this gift of peace today in your heart? Do you need this gift of peace in your life? What I'm going to ask you to do is to bow your heads this morning with me, to bow your heads with me this morning, and I want to pray for you. And if you're here this morning, first, maybe you are not, you say, you know, I don't know that I am right with God. I don't know that I have peace in my relationship with God. I I, I, there, I don't know that I've confessed my sin and asked him to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me. There's just not peace. I'm not sure that if I, if I died today or this week that, that I would be right with God, that I'd be in right relationship and that I'd go to heaven today. If you want to receive the gift of the Prince of Peace today and the salvation that Jesus offers and the forgiveness that he offers, if you want that peace in your heart today and you'd like to receive this gift of Jesus Will you slip up your hand this morning? I just would like to lead you. Amen. Amen. Come on, will you pray with me? If that's you, if you lifted up your hand, will you pray with me today? Let's just invite Jesus, the gift of peace, into our heart for his salvation. Pray with me together, friends. Dear Jesus, we thank you today for the peace that you provide. We ask you today to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of our unrighteousness and to make us whole, to give us your shalom, your peace, that our hearts would be made right with God. We invite you into our heart and we receive your gift of salvation in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Can we just give praise to the Lord today? Can we celebrate? Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.